Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to It Never Rains on this podcast. I'm Hithleday and the managing editor for Addicted to Quack. It's a website. Joining me this week is one of the great ATQ writers, Badwater. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, had a rough start to 2023. Yeah, as, as you know, that was a pretty rough six weeks there. Um, but I was uh, really grateful for you know, being able to be distracted by the addicted to quack duties and also playing obnoxiously loud rock and roll. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, rock and roll will always be there for you. Um, yes. Unfortunately, uh, uh, Ducks basketball has not been there uh, for most of us uh, in 2023. It's been a real slump um, for both the men's and women's teams. Uh, let's start out talking about the men's side. Um, boy, uh, this is not really looking like a tournament team. Um, we keep saying that (laughs) and, uh, uh, hope grows dimmer every game. Um, they, uh, they drop both of their games, uh, you know, on the road in Washington, uh, in the state of Washington, you know, uh, uh, you know, neither of them, they looked uh, non-competitive or anything, you know, uh, you know, it was a one point loss to Washington. It was a three point loss to Washington state. You know, both of them went down to the wire. Um, it was just sort of, you know, the same sort of thing that we've seen, you know, all season long, which is, you know, guys not putting the ball in the basket um, and sort of, you know, in particular, Will Richardson not really showing up, you know, like he, he had, you know, eight points, uh, against the Huskies. He had, uh, uh, zero points or, uh, uh, he had, he had eight points against a uh, wazoo. He had zero points against the Huskies. Um, in fact, I, I think the last shot of the game was him finally attempting a shot. Um, and it was terrible. Um, it, uh, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's hard hard to avoid the conclusion at this point that like the five year bet that Dana Altman's put on Will Richardson as a point guard has been has not worked out. Um, do you think I'm being unfair? What do you think? No. Um, yeah the the Ducks have dropped three in a row and haven't looked very impressive. I think what what the team doesn't have is consistency and continuity yeah it it doesn't look to me like they're uh playing with each other though 
in the way you would expect from uh, a good team. They they're inconsistent on defense, yeah, and they're inconsistent on, on offense. And boy, you know when you um, when you can't play a solid four quarters, you're gonna lose games, and that's kind of what we're seeing. Well, you know, honestly, I look at the box score and defensively, you know, against both of the Washington schools, uh, you know, I don't see much to complain about, you know, defensively. Like, you know, Washington, they, they you know, they, they, you know, Metafield had a career game. He scored 27 points, you know, it, like the, the rest of the team didn't, you know, really score, you know, that much. And a guy, you know, gets a hot hand against him. And even that, it, you know, it's not devastating. 72 points is not that much in college basketball. They shot, you know, Washington shot 47% from the floor. They shot 31% from the three-point arc. You know, defensively, Oregon played fine. That's enough that if you are shooting the way that you ought to be shooting, that, you know, you should squeeze out a win. Um, and instead Oregon shot 41% and, and their point guard got zero points. Um, you know, they actually got a better than normal performance from, you know, a bunch of other guys, you know, uh, you know, Gary, finally, you know, had a decent game. He, he got 13 points and Folly Dante had a, you know, my opinion and Folly Dante had a great game. He got 19. Um, you, you know, Cousinard had a pretty good game. I thought middle, you know, played played pretty well you know like i you know i feel like i I wind up saying the same thing every week when i'm talking about the basketball team it's like you know that that they need to have you know they need to to shoot a little more consistently but i feel like the 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 defense is there uh you know the the you know somebody on the opposing team will get hot but you know that happens and they can ride it out if, if they just shoot the ball a little bit better but they don't uh and it's usually comes down to will richardson um because he's your quarterback and he's not doing quarterback stuff uh and I, I i don't know man like even if the you know if that bucket had gone in you know like if will richardson if the only shot that he made was a three-pointer that went in at the very end oregon won that game beat washington in seattle we were all you know very happy everything that i just said would still be true you know mm-hmm. like it would still be, you know, horribly, you know, inconsistent team that, you know, cannot consistently put the ball in the basket that that plays, you know, good enough defense to win every game that has, you know, enough scorers to win that is talented enough that gets, you know, good inside presence from Dante. I think it's well coached. I think the argument that Dana Altman has lost his touch, I don't buy it. Actually, I'll stop there. What do you think about that? Um, well, uh as far as um, inconsistency on defense, it's it's kind of sporadic. You know, I'll, I'll see the opposition in uh, all three of the uh, latest losses. You know, they get a, a open layup, an open look on the three uh, point shot, and you know, just kind of scratching your head watching uh, watching the Ducks kind of uh, flail about during an inopportune time in the game. Uh, Altman hasn't lost his touch. Um, I, I don't think that for a moment. And the, these Ducks are still mathematically, um, they have a chance at the bubble, even if I, I personally have kind of given up on that. Um, yeah, uh, Altman's a, a heck of a coach. And he's a, a heck of a recruiter. Uh, there just hasn't been the continuity this season 
And, you know, like a lot of coaches, you know, he's not out there defending players. He's not out there missing shots. Um, and there's some things that, that he's mentioned in his press conferences after games this year where uh, he, he does talk about what uh, some of his drawbacks may have been in coaching. Uh, but that's it's not across the board. You know, it's it's a uh, specific uh, game and matchup scenario that he's he's talking about. And he's he's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he hasn't stopped being a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, like you know, I I think Oregon designs good defensive game plans. You know, that's the other thing is that you know when I'm watching, you know, so take this Washington game for example. Okay, Keon. Metafield has a, a career game. He scores 27 points. He shoots 11 for 15 from the floor, which is, you know, incredible. He shoots three free throws. You know, Oregon's not fouling him. And, 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 and he's getting contested shots. He's just hoisting them over contested. You know, he's just like the dude shooting unconscious. Washington shoots 47% from the floor. With that dude shooting 11 for 15, Washington shoots 47% from the floor. If dudes not named Keon Menafield shoot uh, 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 16 for 45, you know, a, a, about 33% from the floor. Like Oregon's defensive performance in this game was, was excellent. Frankly, statistically, you know, Oregon's defensive performance in this game was excellent. And one guy got real hot. And even then all that he could do was get 27 points. Like, it just comes down yeah, to like it, the, the, you know, and, and the rest of the team was scoring enough, you know, it just came down to like, Will Richardson didn't score any points. Like, yeah. And, and, and they won and they lost by one point in overtime because, and Will Richardson scored zero points. Just like, how was this a criticism of Dana Altman? You know, like, like, uh, no, it's no, it's not Dana. Dana Altman can't, I mean, other than he bet on a dude who's been a fifth year starter. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, I guess his magic eight ball isn't working. In you know, in that sense, you know, you you know, like Dana Altman is a hundred percent responsible for the development of Will Richardson and the fact that he is scoring zero points in multiple games. You know, at this point, is you know, you, you can't say that Dana Altman has zero responsibility for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's uh, but that's it. That's the end of the you know like the rest of it's not like the defense is bad or you know terrible or letting guys you know score points that are you know that never score points. You know it's not like the ball movement is bad. It's not like he's failing to recruit talent. It's not like the offensive scheme doesn't make any sense. It's like, just like none of the stuff you know. It's just like you know he bet on a point guard who turns out to be not the guy. Uh, I mean. Yeah, and it's a it's tough to coach for um, uh, an opponent's anomaly where they have a, you know an absolute lights out uh, career game. That mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's tough to yeah sketch out a, a way to deal with it. Um, and when your defense is working, um, then your offense has to keep up. So. Yeah, it's exactly as you say, uh, Richardson uh, shooting nil. That 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 really hurt the Ducks. And then you know, and then they go play Wazoo, and like you know, I feel like Wazoo got some lucky baskets at the end of that game. You know what I mean? Like they. 
you know, it's it's a game they win by three points. You know that like these, there's a bunch of lead changes at the end of the game. You, you know, you, you you watch that game. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the Ducks could have just as easily had that game. Uh, you know, like I like you know, no, I thought you know the, basically I thought the defense was fine. You know, Wazoo shot forty three percent from the floor. They shot thirty nine percent from the free throw, or excuse me, from the three point uh, arc you know, seven for 12 in the second half, you know, basically they hit, you know, they, they got a little hot in the second half, you know, from, from the three mm-hmm. point, uh, which like, there you go. They won by three. Um, you know, it sort of strikes, you know, meanwhile, Oregon shooting performance was exactly, you know, nominal. They got, you know, shot 50% from, uh, you know, from the full floor, exactly 33.3% from, you know, the three point line, uh, you know, I, I do think that there's, you know, probably not enough interior penetration. Like they only, you know, attempted seven uh, uh, free throws in this game, which usually indicates they're not, you know, driving enough, you know, to the basket. And, you know, Will Richardson has eight points, you know, as a you know point guard who doesn't, you know, want to dribble drive. Like, yeah, you know, there you go. You know, like that. That's another game where it's like, you know, I, I, I it's not, you know, it's not scoring zero points, but that's a game where, uh, oh, hell, I'll, you know, I'll just say it. Like, if Peyton Pritchard were in instead of Will Richardson, and he was like, Peyton Pritchard would have said, oh, screw this, I'm winning this game, you know, and would have had 12 points and would have been an Oregon win. And, and you know, five of those points would have been from the free throw line because he would have been driving to the basket and getting fouled. As opposed to, you know, how many points Will Richardson got from the free throw line? Yeah, zip, zero, <laughs> zip. Yep, you know, he was he, he was uh, perfect from three point and three four um, overall, but you know, it, it's just, just not aggressive it. enough. It's, you know, yeah, it's not enough production. You know, like you know, two of the four shots that he attempted was from the three point line. You know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, he, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Cousinard attempt six th- three point shots and only made one of them, um, you know, like, you know, what's with this perimeter shooting against, you know, Wazoo, who's one of the least talented teams in the league, you know, like take no. the ball to the bucket guys. Um, you know, this is a, a team that's, you know, can put three bigs on the floor simultaneously and they're afraid to go inside and their point guards afraid to go inside. Or I don't know if afraid may not be the right word. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to add a moral valence to it. I, I don't know what they, you know, I, 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 I shouldn't put it in that terms, but they are not doing so. Um, I And I do not know why um, they, they should be doing so. It is very obvious from a strategic and a game theory perspective. It is very obvious that like, you know, other Oregon teams under Dana Altman, you know, and Dana Altman hasn't changed. So, you know, what's changed is the players. Yeah. And like I said, or you insinuated, it's like they haven't really congealed as a team. You have a, a a group of very good players that, you know, as a team, they, they kind of lapse in playing together and, and doing the, the consistent things like, driving for the basket, drawing fouls, and and that kind of thing. It's like when I watch this team, it's like they, they don't always really know what the other player uh, is doing or supposed to be doing. 
Um, and it's re really kind of hit or miss. They, they'll have spells of, you know, just looking dynamite, and see, then it goes away. Yeah, you know, I, I see that too, and it's why I have a hard time. Um, it's why I have a hard time with the 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 gelling or the coming together thing, especially because I know if there's one thing that Dane Altman is a master of, it's that it's getting guys to come together, you know, in February. Um, and I have really hard time buying that as the explanation. I, you know, the explanation that I prefer instead is simply that, you know, it's a talented group of guys who can't get the ball in the bucket, you know, like, um, that, that, you know, that, that it, it's, you know, or, or at least, you know, in any given game, they need, you know, the, they can't get four or five guys to put the ball in the bucket. They'll get like two guys, you know, to be hot and everybody else takes a nap. Um, and it'll be like a different two guys every game. And, um, you know, but, you know, but it'll extremely rarely be Will Richardson, and that's a problem. And it'll almost never be, you know, four guys who are each in, you know, in, you know, 15 plus points. And so therefore, you know, you have a baseline of 60 and then, you know, another, you know, maybe 20 points off the bench. And there you go. Like, you know, this team just doesn't hit 80 points and, and cruise to wins very often because, you know, the offensive, you know, they're just not getting, you know, consistent offensive performance. And I don't think it's because of ball movement. I don't think it's because of the, you know, failure to communicate like, or anything like that. And as you say, like, I see like dynamite interior ball movement all the time. Like there, there's a reason why in Folly Dante, you know, in my opinion, has been having a really great season. And it's because, you know, he's the end man at the end of those, you know, you know, penetration you know, pass arounds. Like it's, it's why I have a really hard time, you know, buying that theory, you know, the, the, the theory that I prefer is just like these guys prefer, uh, making jump shots, uh, or attempting jump shots. And then the jump shots don't land. And it's like, both of those things are problems. Like either, uh, you know, jump shots are just statistically the worst thing you can do in basketball. In that they do not generate foul trouble for your opponent, and they're only worth two points. Um, and uh, and uh, uh, and and they don't, you know, get you to the the, the free throw line, which is you know, which gets you, you know, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, uh, you know, closer to one point eight uh, uh, points per. Uh, 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 in, instead of one, um, and, and the only thing that's worse than, than attempting two point jumpers is missing two point jumpers. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny, um, how you, yeah, not haha funny, of course, but it, it's kind of funny how you mention, um, 20 bench points. That's something that, that Oregon hasn't been terribly productive with is but points off the bench and you know it just it, it folds into the whole uh lack of production you, you know some of these teams that we're losing against have been doing better with um, points off the bench and you know if the ducks aren't shooting well hey a lot of times that's game 
I don't know, man. I, I don't know about that theory either. I mean, Garrier came off the bench against Washington, scored 13 points. He was the third leading scorer against Washington. Um, uh, uh, Bartholomew came off the bench uh, against Wazoo. He scored 17 points. He was the leading scorer, you know, against that team. Like in both of those games, you know, Nate Biddle was a starter against Wazoo. He scored three points. Uh, Will Richardson was a starter against uh, Washington. He scored zero points. Soares was a starter for reasons that surpass understanding. He scored six points. Like, you know, I, I I don't know, man, like if there's a, you know, if I'm going to find a criticism of Dana Altman, it's that like he tries a different starting lineup every night, which I think is probably wise. But then it turns out that it is, you know, he seems to have picked like the two of the five guys he seems to have picked wrong every night. Um, uh, and, and now like, I don't know, man, it seems like he has to like guess who the guys who are going to have hot, hot hands are because it's never the same five guys, um, or the same three guys or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, you know how much that his fault, like maybe he should just be playing darts to pick like, I, you know, beats me. Like ultimately the problem comes down to the fact that these guys are, are just not consistent scorers. And if you're not that, like, you know, you, you sort of don't have business playing college basketball at this level. And, 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 you know, there's only so much you can lay at the feet of your coach is, is my attitude. Like, you know, I, I know that a lot of people think that it's sort of unsporting or unfair, you know, for, for, for commentators to, to talk about players and not coaches and then ultimately should all come back to coaches. But I, I think that's a load of bunk. Like I, I watch these games, my job is to analyze them and I don't see coaching failures on the men's side. Anyway, we're talking about women in a second. Um, um, uh, I, I see guys who can't put the ball in the basket and, you know, that's it. Yeah. It's kind of infuriating to, well, maybe that's a, a little bit, you know, too emotionally pointed, but yeah. Um, it's kind of disappointing to see the ducks, uh, be clawing at the bubble and just you know, not quite uh, able to put it in. Yeah. They're, they're still mathematically, on the bubble, but as I said in my last article, I I think this is a team that's NIT bound. All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about women's hoops. All right, uh, we skipped it last week, but uh, here we are back to talk about women's basketball. Uh, it hasn't gotten better. Um, it's, uh, in fact, if anything, it's gotten worse. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the women also lost both of their games against the Washington teams on the road. Um, it, uh, um, you know, it's been, it's also been sort of rough shooting performances. Um, it's also been, you know, pretty rough for the starting point guard Tahina Pow Pow until the last game. Um, well, actually, you know, it's, it, it's interesting that, you know, so for, for the last four losses, you know, USC, UCLA, Washington state, Washington, you know, Pow Pow, you know, against USC, she gets, you know, nine points on three of eight shooting, uh, against UCLA, she gets, uh, you know, two points on one of nine shooting, uh, against Washington state. She gets zero points on zero of two shooting on, uh, against Washington. She gets a career night. She, uh, she gets 22 points on seven of 12 shooting, including six of nine from three point land, uh, 
but they still lose the game because the rest of the team can't make a bucket. You know, uh, like I said, you know, Pow Pow shoots seven to 12 from the floor. Uh, uh, people not named Tahina Pow Pow uh, shoot, uh, let's see, 15 for 45. So exactly 33%, uh, which is from the floor, which is bad. Like, you know, that's real bad. You're, you're supposed to make 50% of your shots from the floor, not a third like uh if everybody else so like you know you, you have this consistent story of of everybody but the point guard is playing okay uh and then it flips um so you know i don't know man like uh make, make a basket like i don't it's, it's frustrating it's, it's frustrating they can't shoot uh, i think um coach graves got into a, an unfortunate situation with uh, how he constructed the roster for this year, as he had he had said at uh, the outset um, of the season that he would kept the roster down to uh, eleven players, you know, so that there would be minutes for everybody and there could be contribution, and you know, hopefully you don't have players that are. Um, taking off for lack of minutes. I mean, that, that was an intentional decision, and it sounded like a good decision at the time. And then you run into some unfortunate circumstances. You lose Sedona Prince to an injury and you know, to her career. Candy Basham injures a year, injures a knee, and is out for a couple of months. Um, Jenna Asai decides that she doesn't want to be a bench player, I guess, and moves on to BYU. Um, Tahina Pow Pow is uh, dealing with some sort of undisclosed injury for a couple weeks. And, you know, it, what it equates to is a duck team that doesn't really have much in the way of depth because, you know, what you say is exactly the case. The uh, the starters aren't always um, having the hot hand, and you know, in in these seven or you know eight losses out of nine, um, the bench has been woefully underperforming. You know, save for that the uh, one game, um, which was actually win by. Um, Taya Hansen, uh, there, there hasn't been a whole lot of production from the bench. Well, the other thing that I'll say about it too, is with the exception of the most recent game against Washington, in, in which, you know, Washington showed up and shot, you know, pretty decently in, in, in you know, about, uh, uh, 50% from the floor and actually 41% from the three point arc. Um, you know, the teams that they've been playing shoot terribly. Like, you know, USC shot 30% from the floor. UCLA shot 39% from the floor. Wazoo shot 41% from the floor. Like, it's like, these are easily winnable games if you just make half your buckets. You know, like, the, the, it, you know, Oregon's losing these games because, you know, if they show up and, and just play 
at their talent level just nominally like you know they don't need to give extra effort their opponent is shooting terribly their defense is you know playing uh well enough to limit them like they walk away with you know pretty clean 10 you know double digit wins but you know but the shooting just garbage just I mean, just terrible to the point where, like, I question the way that, like, that Graves or at least Graves staff, you know, is, is, you know, coaching them to shoot. Um, Because that's the other thing is, like, all these, you know, folks who've, who've transferred out, which has been a lot, like, go look up their stats. Like, they perform, they shoot better when they leave Oregon, which is like, that's pretty embarrassing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, know it probably, you know, I, de- I doubt that Kelly Graves is the person who's like teaching, teaching shooting method. I, I, I suspect that's probably an assistant. And I think there's probably been in some assistant coaches who like were on the dream team rosters a couple of years ago, who've gotten, you know, coaching opportunities elsewhere. And like, you know, Graves has not been able to replace them uh, uh, effectively. And like Oregon probably needs to clean out their assistant coaching staff and find better, um, you know, shooting coaches, uh, you know, because, you know, something's not working They're they're, you know, but they're, you know, look, the talent advantage that Oregon has versus the rest of the PAC 12 is enormous. Um, most of the teams that they play can't shoot worth a damn because that's the nature of this sport. Um, and like, if you're more talented than them and you have a decent shooting coach and, you know, you perform nominally, you should, you know, crush them and they don't. So they don't. And I mean, it's just like, it's painful. It's really painful to watch this team because they can't make a bucket. And like, yep. that's the name of the game. And, I mean, it's literally it, the name of the game. It's called it, basketball. It, and it hasn't helped that um, Graves is dealing with fewer players than he thought he would have at his disposal. And yeah, uh, what's going on with the injury bug? The um, Pow Pow's uh, injured and underperforming for. Uh, at least a couple of weekends. Uh, I don't know where the situation is now. The the last game um, at you know, the two minute and change mark, Grace Van Sluten falls and tweaks her yeah. left wrist. And then at the one minute fifty two second uh, mark on the other side of the court, uh, she lands on an ankle wrong. And you know, Grace said, "Doesn't look good." So, yeah. And I mean, the, the, the nature of the curtailed roster is that like he can't if she's not 100 percent, he can't take her off the floor, you know, like, right. it, it, you know, that you know, that that's the big that's the big problem is that like he doesn't like it, it's he, he doesn't have anybody else you can trust, you know, like, yeah, well, yeah, she's she's super talented and is going to be a great player. It's, you know, I, I, I see flashes of good play from uh, Candy Basham, but, you know, we're talking freshmen. They've been injured. They, they need to play more college ball. And, you know, it's just uh, unfortunate to, to see the injury bug um, due to what on paper so really well right i mean the injury the injury bug winds up constraining your options to to deal with underperforming personnel um but you still have to confront as a first line problem those underperforming personnel and 
you know, that, you know, that's what I want to deal with. And so, you know, I identify a couple of issues. Number one is, you know, just like we were talking about on the men's side, like, you know, Pow Pow and Richardson, there's a lot of parallels there. You know, Pow Pow is not providing the, you know, scoring leadership, you know, necessary, uh, uh, you know, um, to, to drive the team to victory. Uh, number one, uh, number two, they're having to rely on chance gray a lot. Uh, she's true freshman, right? Chance gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's just, she's just way too inconsistent and, you know, her, her, you know, shooting performance is just not good enough. You know, so, so like, let's look at our last four games. Chance Gray's, uh, three for 11 against USC, uh, five for 18, uh, against UCLA, uh, seven for 17 against, uh, Wazoo and, uh, 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 three for eight. Uh, against Washington and all uh, four of those games, she's a starter because she has to be right. Like that's the, mm-hmm. you know, you know, as you say, you know, injury and roster issues are sort of forcing a true freshman to play. And that true freshman is, you know, I think she's, you know, talented. I think she probably does have a bright future. I don't want to like dump on chance gray. I'm saying that like the situation is they are giving, 30 minutes a game or more to somebody who's shooting like 25%. Yeah. Because they, they don't really have an alternative. And so, right. yeah, they're, and you've got all the freshmen. The, their, their best option is a true freshman who's shooting 25%, which is also like casts a shadow on, or like, you know, raises a bunch of questions about, really Taya Hansen, really Elise Hurst, really Taya Hosendove, like you're not a better option than a true freshman who's shooting 25%, you know? And then they've been, those three players that you mentioned are, you know, it's not unheard of for them to go over in a game. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The three three players I just named, uh, Hanson, Hurst, and Hosendove, were uh, uh, three for 11 uh, combined against Washington. You know, just like, okay. And then then problem number three is Filipina Che. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but like, you know, she is a dominant big for a lot of reasons. She gives you a lot of things. She gives you great rebounding performance. She just literally terrifies. Like, it is hilarious to watch her stop, you know, fast breaks and other things. She, she will just, you know, <laughs> like opposing players will start to go to the basket, look at her and be like, uh... Oh uh, no, <laughs> like check out of it. I mean, it's hysterical. I understand why she's on the floor that much, but like in Folly Dante, she's not right. Like she's, you know, I'm glad that she's shooting more. I'm glad that she's, you know, trying it more. I want that aspect of her game to develop. It's not going to develop unless she's, you know, trying it more. I'm glad that she's gaining confidence, but like you can't be that tall and simply, you know, it, if she raises her, her arm, she can touch the top of the square, you know, like you can't be, you know, she has no excuse to be four for nine 
against Washington. She has no excuse to be uh, uh, O for, or excuse me, uh, yeah, O for two uh, against Wazoo. She has no excuse to be four for seven against UCLA. She has no excuse for being three for eight uh, against uh, U- USC. Like, well, late, lately, you I've know, seen her, like I, the way that she's, the way that you know her her interior presence is, she needs to be shooting, you know, something like twenty percent better than she, than she's shooting, like like. You know, that's the like she you can't take her because of everything else that she gives you. You can't take her off the floor. And yet she she becomes this black hole of, you know, scoring performance, uh, you know, because the ball's not dropping in the basket and it, it should be the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. And, it, you know, the in the past bunch of, I don't know, four losses, um, maybe more. Um, I've seen her miss some shots in the paint, some layups that I, I really thought should have gone in. There's yeah, a, I know. Con- the, I know the some shot control problems. About. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, if you get that, if you get that in two or three times, and use your height to to do that, we come out with um, uh, we come out on the win column. Yeah, on some I, of these I know, close man. games. And like, you know, she needs a little more vertical to get, well, it's the sort of thing where I sort you know, again, I think it probably goes back to assistant coaching. You know, I, I think it probably goes back to like there, you know, she, there probably is a human being somewhere on planet earth who can teach her to squeeze out that extra, you know, 20 to 30%, you know, meaning, you know, probably another 10 uh, points per game. Um, you know, because this is new for her, like, you know, and, and, and training her body in order to do that, you know, it's probably, it's, I understand it's not the most natural thing in the world. You know, Lord knows I don't know how to do it. You know, I'm not seven feet tall. Uh, there's probably human being knows how to teach her how to do that. I don't think that human being is on the current Oregon duck staff and, well, plus she was she was rushed into her role because you know, yeah, this sure. should have been Sedona Prince starting, sure. and and so there's you know, like with some of these other freshmen. I mean, she's a sophomore, but there's still the same growing pains, and you know, and it, it's it, I just shake my head when I see evidence of you know, growing pains and not performing to the the level that you think these players uh, could or should be doing, especially when it comes to easy baskets. I mean, we're not done with the season. And so it's way too early to, to really do a wrap up thing, but I will say, you know, just that we don't do two segments. They're just total downers. A lot of the stuff that we've talked about is either silver lining stuff, you know, like there's every reason in the world to think that Chase going to, you know, uh, you know, with time and practice develop this interior, you know, it's not like she's getting shorter. Right. Um, you know, there's every reason to, you know, it, it, it's not like chance gray is going to be a true freshman forever. You know, uh, it's not like, uh, Vince Luton's going to be injured forever. Like everything that, you know, it's not like the, you know, roster and injury issues are going to constrain the team forever. You know, like everything that we've mentioned, there's reason to believe that those are one year only problems. And so, you know, for everybody who's like Kelly Graves got to go, 
I, I don't really buy that. I do think that there's probably time for an assistant coach, you know, shake up because I do think that there's, you know, severe shooting problems on the team that probably has to do with assistant, you know, coach performance. But like, um, there's, you know, all, all, uh, there are a number of reasons to believe that like this can, can be the sort of thing that like, okay, this is a, you know, this is a, a, a rebuilding year and, and, you know, next year will be better. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind like everything that, you know, everything that we said strikes me as the kind of thing that, that um, it, I guess it, it is foolish to say, oh, it'll definitely be better next year because no one can make that prediction. But none of these things are things that are like, oh my God, these are structural issues that can never be fixed. There are things that are a hundred percent fixable in, you know, by next season. Right. And as you say, there's uh, some silver linings. One silver lining is, um, you know, Basham is, has um, been spending some time recovering from her injury and, yeah. and she's, she's showing uh, improvement on a game by game basis. Yeah. She's, she's she, she's fast with the blocks mm-hmm. uh, in the paint. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's some encouraging numbers there, and uh, I, I do think that Basham is uh, maybe more of uh, a natural talent. Um, but you know, you you can coach talent. So you know, Che is also has some talent that maybe needs to be coached a little bit differently. But you know, like you say, that's that's what the coaches are for, and. Uh, you're right. Maybe they don't have the correct assistance to pull it off. All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some softball. So, uh, uh, the, uh, the ducks went down to San Diego for the Campbell Cartier classic. Uh, they, uh, they, they, uh, wound up playing uh, five uh, opponents, actually uh, one team twice, UC Riverside. Um, they beat them all. Uh, quite rude. They showed up and beat every everybody, including the host. Um, I, I think the combined uh, score was something like 42 to 15 uh, or something like that. Um, uh, I, I think there's a couple of mercy rules or they, they mercy ruled Utah Valley and then, uh, and, and then walked off, uh, UC Riverside in the finale. Um, uh, pretty nice performance. You know, I, I think some overmatched opponents, you know, that it's not like they played any power five schools or anything. Um, but, uh, it was good to see the bats out, um, and, and some nice tune-ups. Uh, what were you take your takeaways, uh, uh from this tournament? Well, um, the bats were there for the most part last year. Um, last year, uh, you know, was, pitching was the downfall. And I'm cautiously optimistic that that uh, Coach Lombardi has um, addressed that as best that she can. Yeah, I mean, Stevie Hansen's now a sophomore and you know, has a, a year under her belt, so pulls off her first no-hitter, you know, and regardless of the, the competition, no-hitters are they're going to be difficult. So uh, you, you can't diminish that at all. But, um, you know, solid outings from Melissa Scott and Elise Sokalski, both of who transferred, 
into the Oregon program. Um, it's, it was nice to see um, some decent pitching. And, uh, but as you say, the opponents kind of overmatched. And so um, this coming weekend in the Mary Nutter Classic, uh, we're, we're going to find out what this team's bats and pitching is all about. Well, I got to watch one game uh, of this, of the, the San Diego tournament. It was the one um, against San Diego State because uh, the, the, um, uh, San Diego State being a Mountain West team, um, although maybe not for long. Uh, uh, you know, they have their own streaming service, and so I watched it on their streaming service. Um, Stevie Hansen was working on a, a, a shutout um, through the the bottom of the sixth, um, and then uh, uh, I don't know. It's hard to pull somebody on the in the bottom of the sixth, you know. But, uh, you know, that, um, she, she gives up, a you know, a, a single, uh, uh, and, and then an RBI triple, um, and, and then another single, you know, so it's like three hits in a row, one of which is a triple. And it's like, man, she had been doing really well uh, up to that point, And then she gives up two, two runs on three hits, which is like, ouch. Um, but I still don't think it was the wrong decision to leave her in that late, you know, like that sort of mm-hmm. feels like, yeah, okay. Um, like kind of like that stuff happens. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, you know, a lot of my, we, we had been talking about pitching. We talked about pitching all year long last year. And I agree right. with, you know, your comment at the top of this segment that like everything is coming down to like, you know, how, how well is the pitching going? And like a lot of my criticism is like Lombardi tends to leave pitchers in too long. This was one where, you know, the closest game, like I said, you know, because, you know, this was a game that like, it was three to zero. And then all of a sudden it was three to two because, you know, SDSU, um, you know, got, got, you know, two, two runs on three hits. Um, and at that point Lombardi pulled her and I was like, Oh good. You know, put in Reagan breed love, um, who then, you know, struck out the last batter, you know, to retire, uh, the inning, um, Oregon comes out at the top of the seventh and, uh, and, and, you know, puts up three runs and, you know, puts the game away basically. Um, and then, you know, the bottom of the seventh, uh, um, uh, uh, San Diego state puts up a couple of late runs, but then, you know, double play ends the game. And I'm not really worried about that. Um, uh, you know, but generally I thought that, you know, that was a well-pitched game, you know, it was just sort of like a, you know, thing that happened. I, I thought Lombardi made the right decision. And so like, I, I don't know, I feel like we're pretty much on track for, uh, cautiously optimistic about a turnaround and pitching performance, you know, so far, uh, you know, I, I think is my takeaway, uh, you know, from watching one game, uh, against a for now anyway, Mountain West opponent. Yep. Yeah, and um, as I said in my softball preview, um, both- which is a great article, by the way, it's the most recent thing you've written about uh, softball. I know it was written on February eighth. It's still on the site. You got to scroll down for a little bit, but it's a great article. Anybody who's listening to this, go back and and, and read it. It's uh, Oregon Duck Softball twenty twenty three preview. Uh, great article. Yeah the the acquisition of Scott and Sokowski, uh, I thought were really great 
transfer portal additions. And um, uh, I think, well, what happened last season was um, by mid-season, it was apparent that um, Stevie Hansen just had no backup. Yeah, exactly. And and there was and anybody else that was a solid starter. Right, yeah. like that. That means that some of her, like that, means that her stats are 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 uh, suspect. I, I'm struggling for the word here. Like, I think that Stevie Hansen is a better pitcher than even her stats last year indicated, because I think that her stats were brought down by the fact by the, that she was left in a little too long, and she was left in a little too long because who the hell was Lombardi going to turn to? Yeah, and having to start uh, a lot more games than perhaps right she would have. Uh, we'll we'll see this this season. I, I if think if she case. were operating with a full bullpen uh, as a true freshman last year, her stats would have been off the charts. Yeah, and also have uh, another one or two um, starting pitchers to. Uh, to go to and give Hanson a rest, you know. Yeah, I mean, what, it, it's it's rough. What I just to, said. <laughs> it's tough to to uh, be the starter on an entire series. So, and hopefully we have that this year. Um, yeah. Like I said, we're, we're uh, up against um, some Power Five competition. At the Mary Nutter Classic. Yeah, the Mary Nutter and- Classic is coming up. Um, we'll be writing a little bit about it. Um, you know, it, it's difficult because it's um, it's only going to be televised on Flow Softball, um, which not a lot of people, you know, subscribe to, unfortunately. Um, but uh, some pretty good competition. Uh, Cal State Fullerton's the only non-Power 5 team, but that's an excellent softball school. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Northwestern, uh, Florida, Missouri, and, uh, and Iowa State. Uh, all on the slate. Um, so some, some, a lot of na- name brand uh, softball to be played. Um, the, you know, the ducks really challenge themselves, you know, at a conference this is one of the things that I think that uh, duck fans, you know, really ought to uh, be proud of. And it means that they get, you know, excellent early season tests of, uh, you know, their performance and they come back and they, you know, uh, and then they tend to, you know, to, to level it off and they, 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 you know, you know, so the tournament that they're playing afterwards, it's, you know, Fresno State, Cal Poly, San Jose State. Um, they got Minnesota sandwiched in there, uh, you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's like they sort of they, they take on like a real serious tournament and they take, you know, a little lighter tournament, you know, like they balance it out. I like that. Um, so, yeah, look yeah the, forward- the following the following weekend isn't nearly on the same level. You, yeah. Judy Garman isn't um, isn't even really close to the same level of competition as Mary Nutter is going to be. And then after the Judy Garman, uh, 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 tournament, they, uh, they, they have one more singleton, you know, against Long Beach state, but then they start in, um, on, in conference play. Um, there's, there's a couple sprinkling of non PAC 12 opponent throughout, uh, conference play, but you know, uh, uh, basically it's a bunch of series against, you know, co- conference opponents. They start out with Washington, um, this year, uh, you know, always fun, although their, their, uh, ace pitcher has finally moved on. And so, uh, <laughs> ducks might have a chance this year. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm looking forward to this season of softball. Like I, uh, y- you know, it- 
um, you know, a lot of folks were sort of calling from Melissa Lombardi's head. I sort of felt like just came down to pitching performance, um, and everything else was there. Um, you know, but if you don't have a full bullpen, it's sort of hard to pull off every, you know, that it's sort of like a football team without a quarterback, you know, or a basketball right. team without a point guard, you know? Yeah. And, and I think much like the, uh, men's and women's basketball programs, it, you know, virtually mirrored each other last season yeah. baseball and softball programs uh i think also mirrored each other if i had done the same kind of statistical analysis that i did with baseball last year with softball i'm sure that i would have found the same thing that you well know, it was just that was the pitching. yeah that the the pitching was um was detrimental to uh, uh better end of the season yeah we haven't had as much to talk about with baseball they you know they opened their season uh, against xavier at home in eugene they swept uh xavier uh, pretty comfortably um we'll look forward to 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 more baseball as season goes on uh we're you know we're going to be doing a couple of uh you know winter sports uh uh, marathon you know coverage uh, uh you know coming up a little later in the week here um uh 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 so uh, uh, baseball and softball uh, uh, play on, on Friday, uh, and you're covering that. Uh, we'll look forward to your coverage along with a couple other sports. There's going to be you know tennis and beach volleyball and track and field. Uh, so we'll look forward to that on Friday. Yeah, with baseball, I'm, um, what I'm seeing initially is that you know, there's it, – it, it looks like um, baseball has some better pitching as well, and so we'll just kind of cross our fingers and uh, see if that pans out. Same Looks same like. I mean, it's hard to ge- to gauge when they played one team. You know, like right. they, yeah, they played four games, but it's against one team. So mm-hmm. you know, one 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 lineup. You know, hard to draw two two sweeping conclusions. Whereas yeah. the softball team has played, you know, I think eight different clubs at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. I think it's going to do it for us this week. Uh, do you got any parting words of wisdom for us, Badwater? I never have parting words of wisdom. I just, mm. yeah, it's go ducks. I'm not that wise. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. We'll take care everybody. We'll catch you on the flip side.